I attended a district meeting this week, which included dinner, during which I sat with a colleague and a friend who told me of some difficulty that she's having with one of the members of her congregation. By way of explanation, she told me of a recent conversation she, she'd had with that parishioner a parishioner who's rabidly angry over abortion and anyone who supports it in any way, they, every one of them, will burn in hell forever and they deserve it, she told her pastor. <coughs> told her pastor whose face revealed her shock so that her parishioner almost attacked her with this question. Do you believe in sin? Clearly for that woman, that sin, detestable behavior, is the dynamic that drives scripture, the dynamic that drives the world, the dynamic at the heart of faith. Do you believe in sin, asked she who was ready to write off so many as eternally unworthy, eternally damned, eternally failed at measuring up? I don't know what drives her, what drives her faith, what drives her anger, what drives her judgment. But I couldn't help, couldn't help but contrast her story with the story in Scripture this week. A story not of anger, but song. I will sing to the Lord who triumphed gloriously my strength, my might, my salvation. This is I, God, whom I will praise. A story not of anger, but song, not of judgment, but of tambourines and dancing. Sing, sing, sing to the Lord. <coughs> That's such a different story of faith, such a different dynamic, that I want you to remember where all that song and dance comes from. What gives rise to them. Remember that, that those who are singing and dancing are on their way to becoming Israel and are those who have been enslaved in Egypt. <coughs> and remember this, that the worst kind of slavery is not external compulsion. But the way that compulsion gets inside you and twists you, when the quotas are raised, and raised, and you know you can't meet them, and you feel like you are a failure. When your whole existence is determined by the need to measure up, to meet the expectations, to perform satisfactorily, and you don't, or you won't, you fear, won't make enough bricks for Pharaoh, won't, won't close enough deals at work, won't earn enough A's, A's, A's in school, won't make enough money, won't do enough things for others. When you feel yourself falling behind and know you simply are not enough, not good enough, not strong enough, not capable enough, not important enough. When being on, Producing, towing the line is the pressure you feel continually. Remember, that is Israel in slavery. 
In a you do this, you get that world where they can't do enough. In a tit-for-tat world where they can't tat enough. And so they're perpetually falling behind, feeling perpetually lesser, lower, worthless. That is Israel in slavery, and into that slavery wades this God, literally slogging knee-deep in mud to hold apart the waters and let Israel through, splashing up to Israel without a single demand, choosing to side with Israel without a single expectation, going to bat for Israel without a single request in return. Ha <laughs> ha, no wonder they sang. No wonder they danced. Walter Brueggemann calls it the inexplicable reach beyond. God reaching beyond current arrangements, reaching beyond current limitations, reaching beyond the constraints of imagination, reaching to create new possibility, and doing so without explanation. There's no precedent. There's no reason to it. There's no trade, no bargaining, no tit for tat. There's no scoring points to earn such favor by God. No promises on Israel's part to return anything or reform anything or to be more. God embraces them simply as enough. Embraces them as worthy. Embraces them for freedom, period. God embraces them, period. Period. No wonder they sang. No wonder they danced. No wonder this story became the central story carried by a people for millennia. What grace. What gift. And what contrast with the member of my friend's com congregation. A different dynamic at the heart of scripture, a different dynamic at the heart of faith, a different dynamic at the heart of life, a different question it raises to all of us. Do you believe in grace? You. Do you believe in grace? In gift? In gift given for no reason whatsoever? Have you experienced gift? inexplicable, without return, without requirement or expectation, gift. Have you ever experienced being enough? Beneath all the demands of life, all the quotas, all the requirements that you measure up, at work, at school, family, at friends, even at church, have you ever realized, known, felt that you are enough? Have you even for a moment known what it is to be free? Free of, of demands, free of the pressure to perform, free of the pressure to prove yourself, free of the expectation that you will be or do something more. If so, you've experienced the truth, this story says. You've met the heart of life, this story says. God. God who befriends inexplicably, who embraces without reason, simply because you are, as Israel was, and was in need of a friend. You have tasted 
Ha-ha. Suddenly increased the size of a font and won't turn the... There we go. You have tasted the heart of life. Grace. The good and gracious gift of being you without any need whatsoever to prove it. And I have to admit that it is so difficult to realize, to hang on to that truth in a world that so perpetually pressures us. Some of us carry years, decades of scarring from the conditions laid on our worth. The messages that told us over and over that we were not enough would never be enough unless dot, dot, dot. For some of us, that tape simply plays over and over and over. And even if it doesn't, all of us live now in the midst of such voices telling us daily that we need to do, do more, do better, do other, be more, be better, be other, or we will never do or be enough. And even when they celebrate us, those voices, those voices, even when they tell us that we are enough, they reinforce the pressure since they always add a because. Because you have done this, or are doing that, you have performed and achieved, or will. All of which means we can't stop, can't relent, can't rest, lest we lose our very worth. The truth, though, is, this story says, God says, this story proclaims, you are enough already. You matter already. You are somebody already for no reason at all except that you are and are cherished by God. Israel has spent its entire life working that out. It is still spending its life doing so, working that out. This experience of being embraced inexplicably without reason, without condition, working that out for itself, reminding itself weekly in Sabbath rest that it doesn't need to produce. It doesn't need to perform. It doesn't need to be on to be somebody. That it, they, life, is other than the constant need to do and deliver, other than meeting conditions to matter. Israel has spent its life working that out for each other. The entire covenant, the entire covenant can be reduced to how to take care of each other, how to treat each other from that truth that each of them are enough because they are. Whether poor, vulnerable, widowed, orphaned, whether immigrant, stranger, other, enough because they are. Israel has spent its life working that out for itself and for others. The prophets, prophets expanding the, 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 the list of who matters without condition, expanding it to the sexual other, as Isaiah did, to the religious other, as both Isaiah and Jeremiah did, to, even to the enemy, as Elisha did. Israel has spent itself working out the truth that it experienced in this moment 
this moment of being free, free of requirement, free of expectation. Israel has spent its life working out the truth it experienced in this moment, the truth of this inexplicable embrace, this groundless worth, this being loved without condition, being enough simply because they are. Israel has spent its life working out the truth it experienced in this story. And we read it today as the invitation to make it our story, to take it to heart, to see our lives, ourselves in its, in its light, to work out what it means that we, every single one of us, are enough without condition, that every one of us is enough, no matter where they were born, no matter whom they love, no matter the color of their skin, no matter what name they give to the divine mystery or not, no matter where they've been or what they've done or failed to do, everyone enough, loved, embraced by everlasting arms. Every one. Oh my, may we, every single one of us, feel that embrace. May we share that embrace. And may we give all of who we are to make that embrace policy for all. <laughs>